Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada land supporter and get everything our supporters get. For just $2 a month, that is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. Adrian Batra, uh, editor-in-chief of Toronto Sun, former Rob Ford staffer. Yes, all of those things. Welcome to Candlelight Shortcuts. Yeah, I appreciate uh, the opportunity. It's uh, last time I was here with you was shortly after, of course, a new shutdown. Yes, and uh, we we call it our exit interview. That's as it. it were. So it's nice to be back in my new job, and it's very exciting. Now you're gainfully employed. <laughs> yes, running again, the Sun, which is nice. This episode of Canada Land Shortcuts is brought to you by Kevin Leake, Realist, Maurice, Pat Bradley, Peter Bowers, Nick Rasson, John Fraser, David Schwab, and Amon Nanner. 
Aman, why did you decide to be awesome? Because the media is extremely powerful and the only entity that can hold the media accountable is the media itself. This episode is also brought to you by FreshBooks, the cloud accounting company from right here in Toronto, Painless Billing. You're the editor-in-chief of the Toronto Sun, so it's not like freelancers submit their invoices to you. Oh, absolutely they do. They do? Yes, I have invoices that come across my desk pretty regularly, so I still see them, I still, and I still initial them, there's still a signature. Yeah, wow. it's, a bit, it's a bit old school. Old and, school. Yeah, absolutely. So you can tell me from the editor's point of view, like if something comes and it's a, a very professional-looking document, an invoice number 0043, and it, it looks beautiful, and it doesn't look like somebody just made it on Microsoft Word or, you know, uh, with a crayon, mm-hmm. then you, you pay them faster, right? Well, I, I think that they all get processed in a very <laughs> timely manner, but it's also nice to see someone making uh, a more of an effort than, than the crayons, as it were. <laughs> I can tell you out there, if you are a freelancer or a small business, you do get paid faster when you use FreshBooks. It makes your life easier. You save time every week, and they are the initial sponsor, the first sponsor, Candleland. Proud to still have them as a sponsor. FreshBooks.com. Tell them who sent you. You will get 10% off. Go to freshbooks.com slash Canada Land. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community They're not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible, heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity, and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. Kind of a fun week for some conservative candidates. Yeah, a fun week is one way of putting it. All I can say is, uh, you know, I, I've been in a lot of war rooms. I'm quite thankful that that is not one I'm in these days. It's never dull. They have uh, had more downs than ups, but it's been fascinating to watch, especially from the perspective in which I'm in. Right this is now. what it sounded like uh, for a few candidates this past week. He just peed in the cup. Then he empties the cup in the sink. Rinses it and puts it back. I heard something in the bush. 
the first gentleman in camouflage grabbed my arm and twisted it behind my back, which hurt. And then handcuffs came out. Somebody said, citizen's arrest. And I, I recognized Mr. Leaf's voice. And I'm like, what are you doing, sir? I was a little curious about the Viagra. How long is this going to last? I can't put on pants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bye. Adrian, I have to apo- <laughs> I have to apologize. I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry because we actually, we were doing that wrong. Let me try that one more time. He just peed in the cup. What are you doing, sir? I was a little curious about the Viagra. That called for yakety sax. I think we needed to have yakety sax involved. It's perfect. Um, look, okay, so just if, if anyone missed the memes, uh, conservative candidate Jerry Bantz, uh Caught peeing in a mug on some old CBC footage. Hashtag P-gate. P-gate. Uh, the lead, yeah, it's already receded into into memory that the, the puns were plentiful. Uh, Tim Dutod? Dutod? I think it's Dutod. Toronto Danforth candidate uh, revealed to be a what, frustrated actor slash internet comedian. That, that, slash that, pervert. Per, I guess pervert. I mean, just doing sexual comedy badly, doing uh, prank calls and... And this one, okay, so those first two guys are running for conservative seats, and, and and they're sacrificial lambs. And they weren't incumbents, exactly. Right. We have to be clear about that. Like, the, there was no chance in hell. Who are you going to get in Toronto, Toronto Danforth, a very left-leaning part of Toronto? Who, sure. Who's going to run for the conservatives? It's not going to be your brightest star. No, clearly not. And I don't think that they were anticipating really maybe increasing the vote percentage there by a little bit. So it's literally, oh, who's prepared to be that so-called sacrificial lamb, put their name down on the ballot just to get a warm body there. Um, But it turned out to be quite a hot mess. Yeah. Um, Ryan Leaf in the Yukon, different story. He is an incumbent. And that was not just sort of like a harmless, silly thing like the other two. I mean, I don't know the harm of, I think he just used soap in the mug. I think it would have been a whole different story. Just like show some respect. But so right, like a citizen's arrest for defa- like it just, it's wacky. And it's the vetting of candidates that needs to happen. It's, it sort of happened with NDP candidates in the last election after Sure. You know, so better that it should happen before. Thank you to the prime minister for giving the press all this time to vet these candidates in advance. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting, like even just sort of going back to back to that notion of vetting candidates and making sure that you, you know, you comb through all their Twitter accounts, you comb through their Facebook accounts. I think it is important to note that in the instance of those, the the Toronto candidates and the the Scarborough Toronto candidates, I don't think that they went through that rigor. I don't think that there was, you know, they have the red light, green light team and, you know, the leaders sign off on these things. I mean, all all the parties do it. Uh, But just there probably was a thinking, no way in hell someone is going to win for under the conservative banner in Toronto Danforth, for example. So, hey, this 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 dude uh, decided to put his name down. Yeah. Maybe they didn't have a lot to, to choose from. But these are the consequences, frankly, Jesse, of of, of not uh, um, taking the effort. In, frankly, in going I, I felt the Toronto Sun famous for the for the fun you can have when uh, you have the opportunity to have a funny uh, cover. And I all I've told you before, Justin Trudeau as a Care Bear when he talked about economics from the heart. 
this you the, loved it. I loved it. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I I, I appreciate humor on a variety <laughs> of levels, and that and I just I judge it by its own what it intent. That was fantastic. Yeah. So, wouldn't you have been so happy if those candidates were liberal or NDP, and you could have had a bit more fun at the Toronto Sun? No, and and we did we did put it on the front page. Yeah. Uh, we did. It wasn't the main uh, on the front page. It was the long weekend, and you know you have all these. I other wanted things. a pun. Oh, you I wanted, wanted a, a graphic. Pun. I know. I wanted. Here, here's what I'm quite confident of. There's 40 days left in this campaign. I'm quite confident someone else will do something so ridiculous. <laughs> that uh, we will satisfy your need for a Toronto Sun pun. This is silly stuff with these candidates. And the truth is, I, I, I like, I needed something silly after last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. L- last week was heavy, which is itself kind of complicated because I don't want to say, glad that's done with. Glad <laughs> yeah. the Syrian refugee crisis is, it's not over with. Well, it's- and that's the challenge, right? Is, you know, you have this major international focus on uh, the, the, the the dead baby on, on, on the beach. And, the and dead that baby image. on the beach. No I mean, one can no get better that. way to. You, you can't get that out of your head. Yeah. But then all of a sudden the national press gallery's attention is on to candidates peeing in cups and being in, in my estimation, you know, just not funny at all and uh, and citizens arrest. So it, it's it's just it's astonishing to watch how quickly the mind, uh, the uh, attention span yeah. is. And, and it just goes to show you that, yes, it's a long campaign, but anything can turn on. Um, it can turn on, on a dime. I, a I needed the silly chaser, to tell you the truth. I'm glad that that, that became an election issue. I'm glad that, that talking about how Canada uh, deals with refugees, I don't know. I, I'm not so quick to point a finger. It's sort of like a mass psychology thing. Why do hundreds of thousands of deaths that just sort of dwarfs so many humanitarian crises in the world that get so much ink? Uh, that got ignored, ignored, ignored until that image. And I don't know that we can blame the press. It, it, there is something about the ability to feel empathy on a grand scale is is lacking. But on that on that for that one child, everybody found. Something they found a humanity yeah. because any anybody who's even not a parent is looking at that little boy and saying someone had to put his shoes on. Look at those tiny little velcro. Oh, don't on even, it. don't even. I know. I, I I'm sorry. Talk. I it's, mean, it's, I, it's, I. It was really and and like we we were in that story and Jane Litvinenko started as our editor and she did I think a wonderful. If anyone's curious about you know we didn't this happened after the last shortcuts that story really broke. Our coverage was in a, an article where we did a media fact check of everything that was mishandled and everything that, that the press got right. And, and I think that the press got more right than wrong. But there were some things the press got wrong and people can read about that on the website. But I can tell you that takes an emotional toll living in that story. Um, I think it took a toll on everybody who read those stories. It's hard to cover that stuff. It was a very long sort of the time in which the story broke. And sort of dealing with it from our perspective in the newsroom, you know, who's going to cover what angle? And then the story started started sort of shifting and changing yeah. a bit. The narrative started moving. It was an exhausting 48 hours. There's no question about it. It does make me wonder how we, like, when you kind of hold up your thumb and take the temperature of, you know, where's... As an editor does, mm-hmm. as you have to do every day, what do we put on the cover? It's like, yeah. well, it's been enough of this heavy, horrible stuff. It's time for something silly. Yeah. And how much are we just sort of ping-ponging from these emotions and trying to kind of like play a game with – part of it is just narrative structure. Sure. How much can people take? Wh- yeah. Where are people at? And then we have a role. Do we just respond to where people want to go or or do we take them to places? I mean, we could easily do a month of coverage on the global refugee. It, it yeah. is a massive story. And I think it's a bit of all of it, actually, Jesse. You kind of balance what you believe is is an important discussion that needs to be had uh, not only in this country but in others you know i would say even you know we have world pages in our in our in um, certain parts of our newspaper we've been talking about 
the refugee crisis, migrant crisis for 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 some time. Yeah. We've been we've been putting the Reuters stories in and, and covering it from that perspective. But when images have an impact, and that one, you just knew. Yeah, the conversation was was ready to change, and 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 it was important, but deciding what I put on the front page, you know, I also have to recognize the city in which I'm serving. Um, and, and frankly, people don't want to see that on the cover every day. And, yeah. and you have to be able to gauge that. I and mean, we got a lot of calls about, um, in, into the newsroom about what images we actually did chose to choose to run inside the What did you guys paper. do that day? So we ran the image of the police officer picking the little boy up yeah. and not showing his face. Why? Whereas some others, of course, showed the, the entire thing. It was... It was, it was, it was, it was a, about it was obscuring a, the face. It was about a less... A less you can't horrific image. I I don't have the ability to put on my front page graph like you know warning. Yeah. And, you know I, I it, it's there. It's in the newsstand. And and so I I'm you're, you're still a that. city newspaper. I still see. Do I even see National Post boxes? I, I see other newspaper boxes empty. Just the Toronto Sun is still. Yeah, we have boxes around the corner. It's still a city newspaper yeah, that, that people don't have a choice as to whether or not to see your cover. So you so. see it and. Um, then, you know, we realized that some of the other newspapers, like the National Post, for example, put the image right on the front. Yeah. One of our cartoonists decided to do uh, an editorial cartoon about him. And it was I thought it was beautifully done. And it was him lying on the beach. And, and so that was it was it almost seemed I, I don't want to say palatable, but it seemed almost more appropriate in, in that context. Uh, I, I, I it's it's hard to describe, but but it was it was a rigorous discussion that we actually had. Yeah, I don't know. Words fail, images fail. People try to. I mean, there, there's no right or wrong way to get. So how do you no. even encompass something like this? No, I'm just from my perspective. I just don't want this to be a flash in the pan. I don't think it should be because it's it's a broader public policy discussion that we we shouldn't make on emotion. Um, I don't want it to be mawkish or sentimental. It's, right. it's it's that's fine. We need that. We are we are emotional creatures. We do need something to a, a person, a character, something relatable. Right. Um, and, like, and from but let's get somewhere from that. Exactly. And I think that's that's part of, you know, the responsibility that we have all in the media, as well as these uh, individuals trying to run to, to become our, our prime minister. They have we all have a responsibility to sort of pull in the right direction and, and 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 do the right thing by what you know Canadian values are, Canadian standards are. All right. Well, let's with that. Let's move on to the election. I am who I am. Canadians know me. I'm not perfect, but uh, you know I'm dedicated to my country. I love my country. I think I've done as good a job as I can do, and I lead a great team of people. Mr. Harper talked a good game about getting rid of the Senate, but he threw in the towel. Now, Mr. Harper wants us to be fearful that there might be a terrorist hiding behind any given tree. Uh, Mr. Mulcair wants for us to be fearful for our secure, for our rights and freedoms. Uh, I've said, no, we're going to do those both together, and we're going to do it in a responsible way. Okay, the Mansbridge interviews. I couldn't get through them. How about you? Nope, couldn't get through them. So boring. <laughs> Torturous? A little bit. I mean, there are snippets out of there that you can sort of glom onto, but generally speaking, there there wasn't a lot happening. It was a platform for the talking points. Sure. There, there was not a lot of challenging. There was no. not. There, I mean, there was nothing to add to the news cycle. There was nothing new. Nothing like you know. You want either the candidate is taken off of mes- their message mm-hmm. track, or 
say something new so that you can glom onto and and perhaps write stories about. I mean, there's a couple of you know tidbits you can pull up from Trudeau's interview or the prime minister's interview, for example, where I think um, Stephen Harper said to Mansbridge that you know he he will lead the government as, as long as he wins. You know, he's not going to try to do some coalition. Yeah, and that, like that. that came out of it. But again, that wasn't anything new. We he's sort of mentioned that before. Um, these types of interviews, though, generally speaking, when a party agrees to them, Jesse, the whole point is to try to cast your your guy, in this instance, in the best light possible, looking prime ministerial, looking professional. It looked so weird. It was so bizarre. Just like, I know they were going for like a, like a naturalism to these outdoor <laughs> conversations. Outdoorsy. So they're outdoorsy. And they're just, you know, two dudes sitting on armchairs in the yeah. middle of a vast field for some inexplicable reason, <laughs> talking politics as dudes do. That's right. And to cast them in the right light. And this is nobody's, you know, this is just random, I'm sure. But like the Harper interview, it was it looked like it was a little chilly and Mansbridge was wearing his fleece. And the light was kind of overcast and gray, and there were, like, planes flying so close overhead <laughs> that it felt like they were going to get bombed. And then the Trudeau one was, like, golden boy Trudeau. It was all, like, they're in a park, it looked like. Yeah. And there was this lovely light on his boyish face. But then halfway through, they're, like, assailed by geese. <laughs> and these geese start honking at them. <laughs> I, I'm distracted by these things. I'm a very well, shallow person. No, but that's okay, because I think, um, to be quite candid, most people were watching the Jays game. And not paying attention to this. The CBC, I, you know, I, I tweeted this and people said, oh, that's not fair. There's people doing excellent work. I tweeted that R- Rosemary Barton is almost like, I felt, it's, it seems like she's single-handedly keeping them relevant to this election. And people said, that's not fair. There's lots of people doing excellent work. There are lots of people at the CBC doing excellent work, but, I, but the words I used were relevant. Mm-hmm. What There is nothing on the CBC that I need to see. The debates aren't on the CBC. Those interviews didn't give me any new information. But for Rosemary Barton's, I think, heroic performance mm-hmm. on power and politics, I can be an informed voter in this election without the CBC, which is a sad state of affairs for the public broadcaster. Well, it is, uh, but it's also a good thing for the rest of us out there, yeah, frankly. Yeah, um, so that's helpful from that perspective. There were two things I gleaned from what I did see in those interviews. Mm-hmm. And the biggest kind of slip up to me was not um, Harper, but Mansbridge. When Mansbridge, uh, here, I'm going to play this for you. And it goes by really quick, and it's an honest mistake, but I think it's still, it's serious. But why, given your track record on analysis, and you're not alone as an economist. You're not alone as an economist, Mansbridge says to Harper. And Frank Caller pointed this out in his blog. You're not, you are not alone, as an economist, Stephen Harper, you are not alone in this. Stephen Harper is not an economist. He, what is an economist? He studied economics. He studied economics. Like, does he have, he has, I think, a, a B.Ed. in economics. He has a master's or degree. A master's in economics, right. right. So, but I don't think he actually taught in a university like economics as no, a professor you would or have teacher. to have a Ph.D. Yeah, or exactly. have been employed as an sure. economist. And for a prime minister who is running on his economic stewardship, for the chief correspondent of the CBC to tell Canada that Harper is an economist mm-hmm. is kind of a big blunder that I think needs to be corrected. So I'm glad you pointed it out to me because I'll be honest with you, it just went right by me. Washed by me too. Absolutely. Frank Caller caught it and yeah. I'm bringing it up now and full props to him. The other little thing I caught was uh, Trudeau and he sort of made the same flub in the debate where he where he's trying to position where he stands on C-51 and terrorism. And, and he said <laughs> – he, you heard it there. He said, you know, uh, Mulcair wants you to worry about your rights. Mm-hmm. Harper wants you to be worried about a terrorist behind every bush. 
well, we're worried we're about both. <laughs> I'm like, well, wait a second. First of all, are you critical of Mulcair for, like, you're not suggesting that Mulcair is wrong to be worried about your rights. And are you suggesting that Harper is, like, you too are going to be worried that there's a terrorist behind every bush? I know it was just a slip of the wording, but, it, it, like. Was it? He said, we are also going to be worried about a terrorist yeah. behind every bush. Like, <laughs> so, that, that's what the guy said. Yeah. I, so I guess my question is, but really, was it a slip or is that where his mindset is at? I don't know. I mean, it's difficult to say. One of the things that I picked up um, from the Trudeau one, probably because, you know, where our readership is and what sort of what they're they're talking about, you know, the small business uh, owners, you know, he, he had suggested that uh, this is uh, small businesses are, are really just a, tax, uh, a haven for rich, rich Canadians. Yeah, I caught that. Yeah. yeah so I, I, we kind of questioned that again um, at a recent media availability of his. And he had a real nonsensical sort of walk around and answer. But but I think it's a legitimate question to ask where where so many small businesses do create um, are the backbone of our yeah, economy. Yeah, but I thought there you know, was 50%. something to that. Like he, I, it felt like there was some kind of a policy thing informing that where he was not willing to be pinned down to what the exact small business tax cut well, was going to be. Well, but it also comes to, well, we have, we'll have something to say on that. Well, no, you're being asked it right now. How yeah. about say something right now? Point, yeah, that's a fair point. If, if you're going to try to, if what he's saying is we're not going to make a big concession for small businesses because it gets abused by rich mm-hmm. people who just have little tax havens set up, cool. So what's your solution to that problem? Right, but the, the difference between what you just said and what uh, Justin Trudeau just said was nuance, yeah. and and that's where he's lacking. He doesn't. He doesn't. Ha- I, from what I could tell, he doesn't have <laughs> well, that ability. I have the nuance that Justin Trudeau lacks. Put me in, coach. <laughs> Come on, you have to admit. And I don't think that he's doing wonderfully. But just for the plain fact that Justin Trudeau in the debates and the interviews has yet to shit the bed completely. He's yet to completely humiliate himself. Admit that he's doing better than you thought he was going to Oh, no, do. for sure. But, Jesse, when you set the expectations so low, you're never disappointed. <laughs> Remember when our parents used to tell us that? Tell me this, though, because your paper, okay, yes, you lean right. But I think that I would hope you would agree that before you serve the interests of the conservative party or – you don't serve the interests of the conservative no. party. You serve the interests of a readership that Absolutely. tends to vote conservative. Mostly conservative, yes. So what happens when that readership's support for the conservatives craters and those and those readers start to turn? You know, I mean, I, I looked at the paper today and there's critical stories about the NDP and the liberals. And that, that's, that, that's totally like I, I like partisan – I like I know where you guys stand. I know where you're coming from. But at what point does – I mean, you sort of recognize it when we began this conversation – they're falling apart. The wheels are off of it. It's a dumpster fire. Um, I think I have a few more cliches to indicate just how badly that campaign seems to be going. But right the, now. Right now. Uh, All is not lost. What, what What do your readers get and how do you convey that to your readers? So I think we have the responsibility on, on the news side. You play it straight. I mean we have – you know, you have commentary columnists that have a wide berth to to give their perspective on on what's going on, but I, but I would quibble with your your assessment on the so called cratering. It's it's not. I mean, the Tories have their base and mm-hmm. they hover around thirty percent. Um, they realistically, even even to win a majority in this country based on our our voting system, they really need eight to ten more. And and that when you think about that, that's that's not a lot. I mean, it's hard to get there, no question. In 2011, the 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 punditry was saying over and over again, their their, their ceiling was 150 seats. There's no way that the Tories are going to get more than 150 seats. Well, yeah. lo and behold, they win a majority with I think it was 158 or 159. My my uh, your your smart fact checkers can 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 confirm that. But that said, um, I don't think 
I, I think the first half of this campaign, almost half of this campaign, has been bad for yeah. them. I do not think that the wheels are completely off. This last uh, 72 hours has been a hot mess, no question about that. But there are, I mean, there are smart people, there are competent and capable people that are running this campaign, uh, running their campaign. Um, they've got, they've got a plan. I don't, I don't know what that is, but um, they, they, they will target seats. They will do micro targeting. Yeah, they, they do will their, do, like, spend little, a lot of money. Yeah, their money balling kind of. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I'm not prepared to completely write this off just yet. And in my estimation. Uh, Stephen Harper's biggest opposition in this election isn't necessarily Mulcair and, and Trudeau. It's that it's that being in government for 10 years, uh, it's that desire for change. That, to me, is his biggest obstacle. He's got to give a reason for his base to come out and support him. And then he's also got to convince perhaps 10% of that undecided or 12% of that undecided to say, well, I'm not quite comfortable with these other two guys. So You are not giving the leader of this country enough credit. He gave us a reason. He's just not perfect. Oh, yes. Of course. Oh. The one thing we got out of the interview. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, you, thank you for that. You're not perfect. All right. <laughs> I was holding you up to an impossible standard, Mr. Prime Minister. You're not perfect. All right. You, you can keep my vote. Thank you very much. My pleasure. That is your Canada Land Shortcuts. I hope you liked it. You can reach me always at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I'm on Twitter at Jesse Brown. Adrian, where can people find you? They can find me at uh, torontosun.com. They can find me at Twitter at Adrian Batra. And always happy to hear from loyal readers. The website is canadalandshow.com. And the crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. I make this show with Katie Jensen. The next episode of Canada Land will be up on Monday. And the next episode of Canada Land Commons will be up on Tuesday. If you like this show, please support it. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada Land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will let me serve in this case. 
she's gonna get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.